You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. For red energy, for 100% Australian electricity and gas, and for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. To tell us uh, what he thinks of it, and I can tell you now, mm. lining him up this afternoon, Woogie says he is filthy with his uh, his club. Well, Man- Manchester City is his club, and they're one of the uh, the big name clubs that looks at joining this uh, breakaway Super League. We heard Super League before, haven't we, Sats? But this is a much bigger we scale. Have bigger scale, but the uh, same context, mm. same vision as well. Kia top seven moments in sport across the weekend. Weren't there some in uh, in rugby league, in cricket, uh, in AFLW? Plenty of uh, plenty of big moments. Um, our hot topic as well. Did the how did the officials go on the weekend? Heard some stuff from Brandy Alexander on Fox. Um, there's a mixed know, bag so over the weekend, wasn't there? There's, well, there was. It was pretty pretty active when it came to. The referees having to make uh, some pretty key decisions. Now, Send this, off. This is on the back of Peter Volandis saying, over the last two weeks, I want to see more sin bins. Well, if Don't yeah, be scared to use and, the sin bin. And therefore the 18th man can uh, come but, into play or, you know, or if it's on report, you get a, you know, there, there's a bit of a drama there with the Melbourne Storm, wasn't mm. there? Fla- and the Cowboys. The rules. And the Cowboys around a play being placed on report. What the they did was in, so within the rules, they just, they found... They a found loophole. an opening. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay. Um, and and um, you can get involved anytime you want as well to our great listeners. 0477-736-736. You've got, you got those texts up I've got one sats. right here. Hey, fellas, Already? nothing better than a soaring sea eagle. Like Desi says, it'll be all right. Go the silver tails from sea eagle soars. Well, they're going to get a mention, of course, in the Kia Top 7 and uh, I think in uh, this little segment as well. Sports Day, Sports Update. Yeah, for our official beer for Pines Brewing and our official beer taster, Woogie, uh, Jack Hetherington sats. Yeah. Six weeks he's facing. He has to put his plea in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the, uh, well, playing for the Bulldogs against the Cowboys, the first send-off for the Doggies since 2007. Do you remember who that was? Dylan Napa? No. I didn't remember this. Was Dylan Napa playing then? 14? No, he doesn't, wasn't playing back then. How, how many years ago? 2007, 14 years oh, ago. 2007. SBW. Sonny Bill Williams was sent off. Okay. Uh, so, and that, look, you know, let's face it, there's not a lot of send-offs in today's game, in the modern game. Um, but I wish, if, if I could put money on it, I think I might have backed Jack Hetherington. He's a hothead. I played with, with his dad, Brett, and... Uh, Good player, Brett. Great, great player, mm. Brett, and a real... Jack's a 
great lad too. He's just just loses it, doesn't he? Twenty six games he's played in the NRL. I think he's been on reports in bind or sent off six times. Mm. So this, this, the ratio the, at the moment is uh, is against him. I'm not saying I don't think there was any intent in this. And in fact, before the game, I called the game with Mark Braybrook yesterday. I said, you know, if he keeps his if he keeps keeps his his nose clean. He can be such a good player. He's, he's quick for a big mm. man and he's powerful and he's got a great offload. In fact, he, he popped up a really good offload early that led to a try. Um, but then, of course, this send-off happened. So seemed... Yeah, we're going to talk about this in the hot topic as mm. well, about whether they got it right. The three different circumstances over the weekend, uh, Latrell Mitchell, his uh, forearm to the, to the head of David Nuffaluma, of course, the sin bidding of Victor Radley on Friday night, and then the one we just spoke about. Uh, young young Hetherington. Um, three completely different scenarios, three completely different outcomes. Did they get it right? Yeah, you, you can tell us as well before we get to that. Our talkback number is one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, or that text line again zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. Put that in your phone and give us a, a buzz or a, send us a text. Do you think the um, Do you think the name precedes the player? So, if Jack Hetherington. If it wasn't Jack Hetherington on the weekend that, with that tackle on Bal Holmes. Let's say it was a real clean skin. Um, throw anyone up. Well, what if it was uh, Josh Jackson who didn't play? But, no. Um, a real clean skin. Would it have happened? I, like, I think it may have played a little part in it. I'm, I'm not so sure. That's a, it's a, that's a tough one that you mentioned there. I think the, I think the reputations do precede play. If it was Will Hopawati who's mm. a real clean skin. Yeah, probably, so probably wouldn't go. I, I don't think they'd go. I think definitely yeah. a sin bin and go on and go on report. If if you, I said if I could put money on, I, I suppose probably would have that, that's questioning the integrity of the officials as well. Not with just probably yeah, throwing this I, up and as I'm a bit not, of a debate. Yeah, but. I'm not saying there was. I, I, I agreed with it. I agree. Yeah, so he should I. have been sent off. Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you, Sats, about who who would be most likely to go if if they are if we are cracking down a bit harder on foul play mm. who's next next most likely to go but i guess you don't want to cast aspersions on certain players but some players run a finer line than others don't they it's more 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 likely to be a a forward sometimes they're making you know 30 tackles and running big big men running at them i suppose the one that got lost in the in the noise over the weekend because it was way back on thursday night was the Paul Momorowski hit on Tommy Dearden getting a kick away. Now, hits him with really – hits him with good force, Momorowski, mm. but then ends up up around his head. Now, when you play it in fast motion, it looks really bad. But when you slow it down, I don't think he's got any intent whatsoever to try and maim him. I think he's got every intent to try and be aggressive. He's been charged. Pressure on him. Yeah, he's been, he's been charged as well. So, yeah, I, 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 think, I think the reputation does proceed because I guarantee if that was – Jack Hetherington. Jack Hetherington, he would have been sent off. Oh, mm. I just I think his was, his was but no, nah, his was blatant. His was blatant. They'd be short odds. Put now, it what, what's this loophole exposed by the uh, the Melbourne Storm at their their, their interchange? Uh, so, I, you know, this has got Frank Panisi written all over it because he's he's a he's a wheeler and dealer, Frank, and I mean that in the in the best possible way. He's he's uh, the best general manager of footy in the uh, in the NRL. Not because they're a successful club, it's because he's played a huge part in that club being successful off the field. Um, but they've they've obviously looked at this new interchange rule with the the eighteenth man, a player that is fouled um, in a, with a penalty or a sin binning, whatever it may be, if they're if they're then made to lose leave the field, obviously you get a free interchange. But, but don't th- you? that doesn't have to be. See, that doesn't have to be the eighteenth man. If a player no. is if a player is fouled as was uh, Munster, Munster, yep, um, he he's allowed to leave the field. 
and get a, you get a free interchange yes. because Victor Radley was if put on report. If he stays off for a period of time, say the HIA 15 minutes and can't come back on, the 18th man but, gets activated. Yeah, but but even but this was not even the 18th man, was it? This was just Munster going off for a free interchange, and I reckon they were ready to put um, big um, Nelson Asifa Solomon on. He went on. And Is that he, right? Yeah. So basically, Munster just stood on the sideline. He walked yep. off the field, and then got a card. Yep. Which is the free interchange, and then he took off Christian Welsh. Took off Christian Welsh. Yep. So then, Munster can come back on. Yep. And still the free interchange. Yes. And then so get, then get effectively got an, an extra get a one. Fresh forward on. Well. Yeah. I mean that that that's there for anyone to exploit. Did you see that? The Cowboys did it too. The Cowboys did it with Val Holmes. Mm. Walked off the field. Uh, which would have been a, a HIA. It's the same with Munster because there is contact with the head. So it's a HIA mm. and um, and then goes back on the field. So uh, so I say well done to the mm. clubs that have seen a, a loophole in it. Now, just because we bring in a new rule, it doesn't mean it's it's there's full risk aversion. In, there are times when we, we see this situation arise where it, it takes clubs to – Look at it like, it's like the underarm bowl, legal, legal at the time, but so badly frowned Unethical. upon. Unethical. But when it happens, but, they look at obviously yeah, changing well, the rule even further. I don't know, yeah. Unethical. I don't think so. It's I just unethical. think it's clever. It's within the. Absolutely. I think it's clever, it's and they got the themselves rules. an extra interchange. And now I think every club's going to look at that, especially if it if it happens around that you know that mark where you. Well, they'll be looking at. It, they'll that, be looking at it now. How they can. If it's happening around the time you want to get a fresh forward on the field for some of the big tiring men, I think everyone will, everyone will do it. How can they close the gap? That's yeah. the next question today in the NRL operations. How are we going to alleviate that happening again? Mm. Yep. Uh, there was no opportunity for the Raiders to do that. In fact, there wasn't much opportunity for them too much at all. They, they were uh, outplayed by Parramatta uh, at home and um, first on power of one down in Canberra for a long, long while. And, uh, and Ricky Stewart, the Raiders coach, was brutal after the game. There were uh, leaning on others, individuals there waiting for someone else to do it. Individuals there that uh, are happy putting on an NRL jumper and putting it, thinking they're an NRL player. So can we expect changes next week? There's other, there's other individuals there that uh, I feel really sorry for because they're having a red hot crack. And they're not getting supported. Not happy. You know what he, and I, th- I agreed with everything that Ricky said. To be quite honest, because I've been a little bit. I, I love the Raiders. I think they're a huge premiership threat. Not the way they played on the weekend. But I, I tend to think there are some that are going through the motions. And I think the hit the They're not as right dangerous the as they were no. last season or the no, year. No, they're not as potent as what they were and and defensively as well. They they're always such a really tough team to penetrate defensively, but um I think he hit the nail right in the head. I think he has like a like a, a couple of coaches early on in the season. He's just fired a shot over the bow of the rest of the playing group. We well, really needed to. Absolutely needed to. Mm. Yeah, so um, yeah, the, all of a sudden there are many believing that once they're a top four side, and that's going to change because they'll have another good win a couple of weeks down the track, whenever that may be, and straight away they'll be back in the in the favouritisms uh, column for punters for for fans, well, got to whatever it may a lot. be. They have to improve. They a have lot. improve a lot, and mm. it's it's not a, it's not they don't have to improve as a team. There's some individuals there that are playing at about seventy percent of their potential. Mm. Well, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Manly. And how poorly they were going. Yeah. Scranged out a win last week. And then that this performance uh, against the Titans was 
was outstanding. Uh, Tommy Travojevic, we spoke last week, can one player make that much difference? And kind of went, oh, maybe, could be. He did. He was that, that was one of the, the great individual performances. Well, Badge, I was fortunate enough to call this game. It was in Mudgee on the weekend. And before the game, was saying, you know, with a hamstring injury, I don't expect him to do a lot of running. I'll expect him to get involved and push up in support. And maybe if he catches ball, he'll pass. It's just a matter of getting some some metres and some volume into his legs and mm. so he doesn't fatigue too much. And the first time he touched the ball in the first set of six, he took a hit up like a front rower and he nearly sliced through behind the play of the ball. Justin Holbrook straight away was said, we're in trouble today if we're that weak in the first set of six defensively. But what it said to me is that Tommy Trevojevic has come back at the perfect time. He, they haven't rushed him back. Yep, he was ready to go. And from completely. that moment on, he completely dominated the game. Now, if, if we were still doing the rugby league week ratings out of 10, I'll go as far to say that Trevojevic was as close to a 10 as possible because he was the reason why Manly won so convincingly on the weekend. Mm. It was an amazing performance. Got, got a text here. Uh, hey, fellas, nothing better than a soaring sea eagle. Like Des says, it will be all right. Go the silver tails from Sea Eagle Soars. It's not, it's not, it's S O A R S, as in flying, not S O R E S. Although, yeah. Hey, uh, Michelle they were, from they were great. Michelle from Mudgee, where the game was on the weekend. Guys, I say the Tigers South game should have been declared a draw, oh. and both sides a point each. To be fair. <laughs> well, that's a continuing you argument. Know, you know, Michelle, um, and I know you're a Tigers fan. It. it I, I'm I'm with you in some way, but what an incredibly exciting finish that was! And none of us knew, none of us knew whether I don't. Tommy Burgess didn't even know whether he'd scored mm. that try in Golden Point. He was pretty sure he had, but they had to go back and check it a couple of times before they confirmed they did. Because I'm sure everyone's seen it. After he thinks he scored and slammed it down, Luke Brooks. I thought Luke Brooks just got it and ran to the other end. You sort of said he got it and took a quick 20 meter tap sat. Knock on over the. Over the try line, yeah, and then went, and then and the the ref said, "Yep, that's a try, but let's go back and check it all." It was the it was the craziest golden point finish ever. Amazing, not only the golden point, the decision from Adam Reynolds to, again, just so stubbornly kick a forty three meter field goal from near the sideline, the eastern sideline, to to even it up two points behind, to a fourteen twelve. I mean, many were saying the 40-20 field goal. What a stupid rule. Who's going to use this? The 40-meter. The, yeah, sorry, the 40-meter field goal. Who's going to use this, the two-point field goal? We've seen three in the first five rounds. Uh, uh, you know, I had a suggestion from a co-commentator, my co-commentator on the weekend, that he, that it's not a good rule. He doesn't like it. Why should you get two points for, for a 40-meter field goal? Um, I think it's exciting, but I wonder what, unless you're a Tigers fan now or your side's been beaten by one, I wonder what our listeners think. Is it 736 Is it uh, – should we stick with it? Is it fair? Is it – they were down by two points. You know, we don't know. If he didn't kick that, they may have run the football and – I love the risk versus Anything reward. could have happened. Anything in sport when, it, when it's risk versus reward. But, but, and yeah. Adam Reynolds says, you know what, I'm going to risk this. We'll either get the reward or we'll – but or we'll, we won't get the two points. There's less risk in a way though, isn't there, Sats? And you, I think you said the other day, you're less likely to kick a dead – Mm. If you if you miss a forty meter field goal, so if you if you kick from closer, you're going for one point, and you miss, you generally you kick it dead, and it's a seven tackle set against you. So now you're kicking from longer range, you miss cue it, doesn't go dead, and it's just like a deep kick that you've put in. You don't give away yeah. seven tackles, so Badge, it's, it's I think it's worthwhile you if, you, put, if you've got a bloke who can kick him that far. You played with some of the greatest players the game's ever seen, and 
great players aren't afraid to lose. And what I mean by that is if their games on if the game's on the line and they're willing to come up with a clutch play, which could end up being a loss to their team, mm. but it also could be the turning point to also motivate a win as well. The great players aren't afraid to take that on. And that's what that's what Reynolds did. Yeah, said, re- you know what, this is an individual decision and I'm gonna have a go and if it doesn't come off, well, I'm gonna wear the blame. But you know what, he he would have been filthy if they'd end up losing because he missed a one-point attempt and he missed a penalty goal attempt that would have given them the win. Mm. Fortunately, that Burgess came up with that play up the middle. But, yeah, anyway, crazy, crazy stuff there. Um, uh, the Panthers, they were too classy for the Broncos. We know that. And uh, you can give us your comments on that. Caelan Ponga, didn't he step up for the Knights to get them home over the, um, over the Sharks? And, and injuries, aren't they catching up with the Roosters? And I know Woogie is very upset about this. Takeaho is now with a rib injury. JWH, Jarabia Hargreaves, a shoulder problem. So uh, plenty happening in the world of uh, rugby. And, of course, today thousands said goodbye to Tommy Rodonikas yeah, at the SCG. There was a funeral on Friday. I know your dad went to on the Gold Coast. Yep. Sats. Um, and, and great to see Henson Park, his old stomping ground, was Chockers. Big number seven. On, on the, the weekend. On the hill. So, Great stuff. All right. Uh, anytime you want to join us, do so. Zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. Going to get to the break. When we come back, Sports Day Simon Hill will join us to talk all about this European Super League soccer proposal. It's massive news. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. Oh four double seven seven three six seven three six. That's oh four double seven seven three six seven three six. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day. Scotty Sattler, Gary Belcher here with you. Now, the big news outside of uh, what we've just spoken about, Sats, was around the world of football, the round ball game, uh, the world game, and a breakaway competition that could be planned by six of the, well, 12 of the biggest clubs in the world throughout Europe. Uh, and our sport, Sports Day's football expert, Simon Hill, is joining us to help us get our heads around it. Simon, uh, how did you hear about this? And... Are you happy or not so happy about this news? <laughs> um, not so happy is probably an understatement. It's probably the same as many football fans around the world. Uh, like many, I sort of woke up to the news um, this morning and was a little bit stunned, but probably not 100% shocked. Uh, this is something that the big clubs of Europe have uh, sort of indicated they'd be interested in in pursuing for some time, and they've used it as a stick to beat uh, UEFA, which is the governing body of the sport in Europe, over the headwinds, over the revamp of the Champions League. Now, uh, for those of you with long memories, the old European Cup, as it used to be known, was a straight knockout. They changed that in 92 to incorporate a group stage because the big clubs agitated for more games and therefore more money, not just from uh, crowds at the gate, but also TV revenue. Uh, They even went to a second group stage briefly, but they did away with that. Um, But the clubs have been agitating for some time, um, the bigger clubs, I should say, uh, for more money uh, and and more revenue from TV broadcasting. And 
the plan was to expand the Champions League to 10 group games as opposed to the current six. Now, I, I, from what I can glean, uh, it's clear that they've had a bit of a fallout over those plans, probably over money, let's be brutally honest. And these Super League proposals have been sitting in some back office somewhere in Europe for some time, and they've decided to go for it. Um, my view is it's an absolute disgrace. It's, it's a blatant money grab. It's being uh, led by, from what I'm led to believe, the American owners of Manchester United, of Liverpool and of Arsenal. Um, and the other clubs have gone along with it. So they've got great support from Real Madrid, Florentino Perez. Their president is the new head of this uh, Super League, Andrea Agnelli, who's uh, his cohort at Juventus, has long pushed for this. And they're looking at starting it next season. But there's so many questions um, what happens to them, the domestic leagues? I mean, they're saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue playing in the domestic leagues. Well, are the other Premier League clubs prepared to let them do that? Wouldn't be surprised, mm. to be honest, if, if they were, because if they kick them out, that hits their bottom line as well. So it'd be like Turkey's voting for Christmas. <laughs> um, what about the supporters? You know, how do they afford to go and... Uh, travel every week to Spain or Germany or France. Well, actually not Germany because the Germans aren't involved in it as yet. Um, it's it's a blatant power grab and it's a money grab. They're saying that more money will be filtered down to the rest of the game because uh, there'll be bigger revenues. Yeah, but those super clubs are going to be in charge of it. So mm-hmm. it, it's a hostile takeover basically. And uh, now I think it's incumbent upon UEFA and FIFA as the game's global governing body to clamp down and say, you cannot do this. And if you do, there will be serious retribution. You'll be kicked out of your domestic leagues. Your players will be banned from playing at World Cups. This cannot be allowed to happen. Simple as that. Simon, this this European Super League, we've seen similar in, in different sports around the globe. And, and as you said, it's... Um you know, it's it's the biggest clubs, six of the, if not the biggest clubs in England and three uh, in Spain and, and three from Italy. If if UEFA or FIFA, if they are to clamp down hard on them, of, co- of course, the problem is how could they continue to be as powerful as they are without those clubs and without those players? And I think you might have alluded to it there. There could even be more clubs that get involved in this, more of the big clubs, maybe from from Germany and, and you know, Portugal and the other some of the other powerhouses? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the good thing about the German model, and this is what this all comes down to, is that the German Bundesliga clubs are formed on the basis of, if you're an individual owner, super rich owner, or a conglomerate, or whatever it is, big multinational company, you can only own... 49% of a German club, 51%, the 50 plus one rule it's called, 51% has to remain with the members, uh, the supporters essentially mm. of the club. So they still own the club. And that's why the German clubs have not been a part of this. Um, in England, of course, it's completely different. You can buy the club lock, stock and barrel. And then basically it's yours to do with what you want. And they are using that power collectively, the big clubs, to ride roughshod over the governing bodies, not only in England, but now Europe and, you know, theoretically the world as well. The, the, the biggest point in this that I haven't mentioned so far, and this is the, the biggest problem of all, these 12 are going to be founding members. They say they're going to have another three that are going to be added. And then the next five 
uh, will have the opportunity to, you know, be promoted and relegated. Well, that's nice of them, isn't it? Um, so that those 12 founding members will be there in perpetuity. And that is the problem because you're essentially operating with a closed shop. And therefore, their money, of course, is guaranteed year in, year out. And the gap between the, the, the rich clubs and the, and the poor clubs will grow. Simon, eight of the 12 clubs failed to finish in the top four of their domestic leagues. So how were the 12 clubs selected? Is it purely their wealth? Yeah, wealth and power. Um, it's Again, it, this is a, a hostile takeover, if you like. It, it'd be like, um, <clears throat> you know, six clubs in, in the NRL saying, we're going to go off and play our own co- competition. And, you know, the other clubs saying, well, what about us? Oh, well, we'll give you the opportunity. Uh, we're going to be this new competition and we'll be in it every single year. The rest of you can play off the places, um, but you'll have to play in sort of a second tier competition. Mm. This is essentially what this is about. And you're right that some of those clubs, Arsenal at the moment, well outside the top four in England, Liverpool, Tottenham, exactly the same. It's not about a meritocracy. It's about money and it's about power. And it's about these clubs saying we have the biggest global brands and they do, you know, they have millions of supporters worldwide, but what about their supporters in their home cities? They're just forgotten about. Mm. It's a disgrace. Well, the game was made originally for the working classes. Now it's being hijacked by the the rich and wealthy. Now you're a Manchester city fan. What's been the, what's your response first? And I think we can hear the disgust in your voice, but the response from fans around the world. Well, speaking as a City fan, <clears throat> and I said this this morning in a radio interview, uh, I'm ashamed of my club. And, and to be honest, I don't think they were the main drivers in this. As I say, I think it was uh, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal. From what I'm led to believe, uh, City and Chelsea were uh, the last to sign up. I think City were the last of all on Saturday. They probably feel as though you know, they, they can't be outside of this. Uh, if they take a stand unilaterally, they're going to be left out in the cold. But, you know, that doesn't absolve them. Um, <clears throat> City have spent years fighting the establishment and now the first chance they get to join it, they've gone, yeah, okay, we're in. Mm. Hey, Simon, we, we saw this on a much smaller scale, of course, in, in uh, rugby league <laughs> with Super League back in the yep. 90s. And it got bogged down with, with court cases before... Uh, you know, for for years before they were allowed to uh, to to get started. Do you think that could be the case that uh, we'd see a lot of um, legal action here? Well, I mean, you know, remember that uh, the Super League war, as bad as it was, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. Um, you know, that involved only one country. Mm. This is right across Europe, so you can only imagine the ramifications if the various governing bodies and the other clubs uh, around the continent decide to push it as far as it can go. Unfortunately, I fear that money will talk the loudest. And again, what what irks me the most is is these clubs saying, look, we're going to go off and play in the European Super League, but we will continue to play in the domestic competitions. Oh, will you? Well, that's nice of you. (laughs) What, What about everybody else? What about if they don't want you? Um, you can't just make the rules up yourself as you go along. So, yes, it, it could end up in, in legal action, but it's hugely complicated, um, you know, when you consider you're dealing with uh, 30, 40 different sovereign nations. I don't know how this is going to play out. But my hope is that, you know, football fans around the world, and we're already seeing this, particularly in Europe, 
are going to stand up to this because we basically have the power. Um, if we refuse to watch this competition, refuse to buy the TV subscriptions that support it, then it'll, it'll die a very quick death. But, mm. um, you know, f- football loyalties, as you know, in any code, you know, they're, once they're formed, those habits are pretty difficult to break. And, you know, it's the same as me, as angry as I am with, with Man City today, you know, I, I'm a City fan since I, I knew what football was. And, um, you know, I can't just I can't just shed myself of that skin. So it's going to be tricky. But uh, mm. I, I sincerely hope that they're brought to their senses sooner rather than later, because um, this make no mistake, this will split. Uh, the game of football and and make the Super League wall look like a tea party. No doubt at all. No doubt. At all. I mean, it's very very early days for everyone to get their heads around it. Simon, before we let you go, how, how likely do you think this is this is to happen in the in the short term? As you said, as soon as next season. Well, that's what they're saying they want, um, and normally what the big clubs want, they get. Uh, it depends on how much backbone UEFA and FIFA are prepared to show in opposition to this and fans and players associations, etc. It's interesting, you know, I know it's difficult for managers, but I had to listen to a few clips of managers who were interviewed about this and they probably didn't get much notice about the question, but you know, they've stayed very neutral. Oh, it's not really for me to say, Oh, we'll just have to see how it how it plays out. Uh, UEFA, I think have got, you know, most to lose. If these clubs leave the champions league, I mean, the champions league becomes a complete dead duck. Uh, what happens to those existing TV contracts or the sponsorships that have been signed? Mm. Uh, you know, they will walk away immediately. So th- there's all sorts of ramifications for this. Um, I don't think it's been thought through properly, but at the end of the day, as we know, it's all about the dollar. Yeah. And that's what these owners care about. And they're holding a, a lot of the aces, if not all of them, aren't they? So it's, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Well, they're holding the game to ransom, yeah. quite, quite frankly. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, as you said, all about money. Simon Hill, our, uh, our football expert, thanks very much for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Really appreciate your, uh, your time and, and the update. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival. Australia's first GUV. Now on Sports Day, it's time for our hot topic. For expert car air conditioning service you can rely on, visit repcoservice.com. Badge and Sats here with you. Hot topic tonight, Sats. We are, we're talking about, well, the NRL want, wanted refs to use the sin bin uh, when necessary. We're, it's all around the 18th man rules and, and when you can use that uh, the 18th man for foul play. And also, we're talking about basically consistency or inconsistency mm. of refereeing decisions. Um, and you brought this to the table. First of all, let me just throw this one up. This is what, what Greg Alexander had to say on Fox Sports uh, about referees and comparing their calls over recent weeks. I, I know there's there's mixed messages. And, um, you know, I, and I think those mixed messages started with the Felice Cafusi tackle on Ryan Madison. Now, he didn't get it. He didn't even get binned. Now, he, that, that was a send-off offence. That was that serious that that was a send-off offence. He, he knocked Ryan Madison out, who still hasn't played. He's been out for a month now. Mm. Um, you know, and they let that slide, and he wasn't even binned for that. So they missed that 
completely. And then, you know, I think we've seen some inconsistencies off the back of that. Well, it's human error. The only way you're going to get consistency is if you use the same referees, the same officials for every game. And now you're not going to get that because, yeah, you've got the same set of rules, but there's the same way that the different people view what happens on a field. Well, we all look at these incidents and we'll run through three of them from the weekend. And we, we, whilst we might agree, the other people will disagree with what we think and what the referee that has thought about it. That's lies the That's the, the issue. And that's exactly. why our game is not uh, always going to be 100%... Perfect. Um, Victor Radley uh, was sin-binned for, uh, for his hit on Cameron Munster. Yep. Um, he could now miss two or three weeks. Which is so ludicrous. That, well, that says that the sin-bin was – because the, the um, match review committee has basically agreed with the referee there that it was foul play, that's kind of saying it was justified. Did you think he should have been sin bin? Yeah, I'm happy with the sin binning. Because I think Peter Volandis has said... Just what happened to explain to this is what he did again to Munster. Well, Munster, as he does, he jumps across the field and he steps back against the defence and you think you've got him and all of a sudden he, he disappears. And with Cameron Munster, it's a lot of arm grabbing or reactionary yes. attempts at tackles because he's so good on his feet. Anyway, he steps back, back towards the play the ball. And as he does... Victor Radley, like he does, he comes in 100 mile an hour. He overran Cam Munster and just does the reactionary, throws the arm out. Yes, he gets him. Um, and yes, he drops him. And he gets sin binned. And I think on the back of PVL's instructions over the Peter Valenti's over the last couple of weeks, he wants to see the referees and the officials to be not too scared to use yes. the sin bin to their advantage. Yep. But you think, and, and a lot of people would agree, sin binning was enough. I, I thought... I thought it penalised the team enough. Now, he's going to miss three weeks, potentially. potentially. He's going to fight it at the judiciary. Yeah. So let's let's jump ahead. Jack Hetherington, reaction when Val Holmes steps him, sticks the arm out, but he gets him a beauty. Val Holmes' feet leave the ground and he goes kaplunk on his back. That was an old-fashioned send-off for mine. And I was happy with that. I mean, not for Jack, good kid, but he did the wrong thing and i think that deserved a send off now usually the the way i look at it is did he have any other option and when you're reactionary like like victor radley you just you, you throw it out and you go oh and you bring it straight back but yeah. already the damage has been done when valholm stepped back off that kick return i look at where what part of the arm makes contact with the head or neck of the player now if you're usually down around the wrist the hand the wrist or the you know, forearm usually that's a bit more of a reactionary most of the times. And that's what happened with with Radley. He reaction, goes back, gets Munster. But with Hetherington, his is up around the bicep. Mm. I mean, his body is so close to the head of the player that he had other options. So you're happy with that one? I'm happy with and, that one. And the other quick one, quickly, was um, uh, Latrell Mitchell on report. Yep. He got a couple of fines, but he also went on report. Yeah. Um, one was for kicking out at, at uh, Luke Garner. He got a fine for that. A fine for that. Which and I don't think he kicked out at all. Yeah. Mm. All but right. the, the other one, which was the elbow to uh, David Nofaluma, is he kicked the ball in field. Now, I don't think he intentionally tried to maim David Nofaluma. He wasn't even looking at Nofaluma. He sort of put his head away. Turned from his no back, yeah. And put his arm up. And what it does well, becomes... It, I it thought be it was a karate chop. Well, it becomes a defensive skill when you know you've got a body coming at you. Mm. Was it careless and reckless? Yeah, possibly. Should he be in sin bin? under the way that Peter Volandis wants the referees to, to take it. I think he probably should have got a sin bin. Tell us what you think. Are the referees on track? They're getting it right on. I think they were too far off on the weekend. Zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. And our Kia Top 7 after the break.
You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. You're welcome back to Sports Day. And before we get into the Kia Top 7, some news headlines for Polaris, Australia's number one off-road vehicle brand, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. Ber- I always get that. Just, I always struggle with just it. Just Gladys. Gladys Berejiklian says the country must change its COVID-19 vaccine rollout approach to become less rigid or risk getting left behind. And flights, finally, Woo-hoo. between Australia and New Zealand, they commenced midnight uh, last night, uh, after 414 days, as a travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand kicked off, Queensland is expected to be the big winner as the Kiwis escape to the sun. Yeah, getting pretty cold over there at the moment. Mm. News headlines for Polaris. Get range of confidence for the price of a quad. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Now on Sports Day, the Kia Top 7. For Kia, introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Oh, some great... Stuff on the weekend. Uh, number seven, Triple H's dominance in the V8s was finally broken by Chaz Mossad. That was at Simmons Plains. Walkinshaw and yeah, United All get good, the score that they've been looking the for. Back. Stunning job. Great job. We've spoken about Red Bull Ampol racing all weekend, and they've been gapping the field by 10 seconds. How's Mostert's margin? 10.2 seconds to the next car. Beautiful job by everybody down there at that team. And Chas Mostert has been able to make those tyres live. Their pace has been there all year. Their consistency has not. This afternoon, in race eight of the 2021 championship, he has made those tyres live perfectly. All in the tyres, as Ricky Bobby says. All in the tyres. <laughs> Number six in the care top seven of Queensland. Well, they just needed four days to win their ninth Sheffield Shield. Uh, what's it? Seven attempts against New yeah, South that, Wales. Yeah. yeah, it was the seventh time they've they've they haven't beaten or haven't beaten New South Wales in the last six. Because yeah, they did it. The Sheffield Shield trophy is moving north. Queensland, after a dominant Sheffield Shield season, finishing top of the table, have dominated all four days at Allen Border Field to take out their ninth trophy. New South Wales did well to get there, didn't they? Without. Steve yeah, superstars, Smith, yeah. Warner, Cummins, those players in the IPL. Uh, now, the uh, the AFLW, number five, the flag was played for and the final won by the Brisbane Lions against Adelaide in Adelaide. And the kick, well, it came up the centre wing, Horner, then gets a handball off as a siren sounds here at Adelaide Oval. And the celebrations, that's the Brisbane Lions win the 2021 AFLW Grand Final by 18 points. Number four in the Kia Top 7, Parramatta, Sean Lane. These try versus oh. Raiders. It was like the Harlem Globetrotters. Moses, what a step. Got past Hudson Young. Then Ben Boozles, Croker, finds Will Smith. Smith is off London. Moses is there again. Oh, that sets it up for Lane. Can't say I was cheering at the time, but uh, <laughs> Parramatta fans were rejoicing. They were outstanding. Oh, good, yeah. Number three, uh, Kia Top 7, retired Cats uh, Gary Ablett and Harry Taylor 
Oh, they didn't really get to celebrate their um, or, or be celebrated by their fans for yeah. retiring last year. So they did a pre-game lap of honour. Um, goosebumps is what they explained it as. And Ablett was holding on to his uh, very sick two-year-old son, Levi. So it was yeah. a, a special, special moment. And a little whisper is that he said he might come back if yeah. asked, if needed. Not a bad handy interchange, is it? Now, number two in the care top seven, the return of Tommy Trebojevic. So Schuster, no look past. Tommy T into space, winger outside. He might not need him, doesn't. Gets across and scores the try. He was, he, was, he was amazing. He was outstanding. Uh, yeah. The only bigger thrill for me on the weekend, a highlight, was just I couldn't believe what happened in, uh, in Golden Point, the Rabbitohs against the Tigers. Very cool, I, wasn't it? I was just jumping. I, I couldn't believe how that game was finishing. It was just... Went through so many ranges of emotions in well, the space of about 15 Tom or 20 seconds. He wasn't completely sure that he'd scored. He was adamant he had, and all the players ran in. But I'll tell you what, Luke Brooks thought he'd snatched the winner for a while there See, too. Everyone's and so, so the used Tigers to Tom fans. Burgess coming up with at least one mistake during the game. They thought it was going <laughs> to be the match winner. But you know what? He slammed it that hard and only went through the grass. But so. before that, we had we had a forty twenty. We had the forty meter field goal yes. from Reynolds, and it was uh, it was an outstanding finish. I, look, I'm I'm not One always the, the biggest. Haven't always been the biggest advocate for Golden Point, but we live Ooh. it, we love it. it. It's there, and uh, that was an outstanding finish. Uh, that was our Kia Top Seven introducing the all new Kia Carnival GUV with an SUV inspired inspired design and spacious seating for all eight passengers. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.